Hello and welcome to episode number 212 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. Trying to uh, not watch movies for a little bit. Yeah, it's been nice to have a little break after just caning <laughs> the new horror releases over the weekend. Um, but yeah, we are back with part two of our Fright Fest 2020 coverage. Um, hopefully you guys will have checked out part one at this point. Um, so we covered the first six films that we saw at the festival um, because we saw a lot this year. Um our most ever and uh yeah i can't imagine we'll be uh beating it um what's actually really funny as well because i just noticed this earlier on today um the the obviously they're doing the fright fest in october um mm-hmm. where they've obviously kind of tried to make that event more of a bigger event than usual yeah. um they they're announcing the lineup for that in two weeks <laughs> really that's mad <laughs> yeah it's so soon that's it's like se- like 17th of september something around then um mm. so i guess it makes sense you know yeah four million miles away yeah. no exactly it's about a month before because yeah. it is like earlier is it's i think it's like october 22nd i think off the top of my head it's yeah, like it's the, week the week before, before halloween yeah mm. yeah so it we- makes sense it tracks but it's just insane, isn't it, to think that we mm. just saw all these movies at Fright Fest. Now it's like, yeah. yep, in two weeks they'll be announcing stuff, and yeah, we'll we'll obviously keep our eyes peeled to see if there's anything we're interested in. Um, mm. It'll be fascinating to see if there is anything. Um, but um, yeah, before all that stuff, we need mm-hmm. to finish talking about these movies. Um, we do so yeah, and yeah, once again, we're not going to talk about any news this week. We'll save that for next week. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, diving into this week, the first one. Um, mm-hmm. So we're on the Sunday now. Uh, what day three? Uh, for us um and actually not a horror movie the first one we saw (laughs) um because it was a documentary it was Um, so yeah the kind of the the reason why this kind of drew us in i guess was it's from justin mcconnell um Mm -hmm. who directed life danger um obviously people that have covered uh, listened to our previous fright first coverage know that we saw that movie back in 2018 um absolutely loved it yeah. definitely one of like the most hidden gems that we found at fright fest i was gonna to say this it, point. Was, it was definitely like the biggest hidden gem that we've probably even found at fright fest to date because yeah. wasn't this going up against like when, when it was originally scheduled a quite a big movie as well it was something um, that people were definitely yeah, excited people were for. buzzed for and like you know we got into the screen of life changer and it was just absolutely fantastic <laughs> so yeah when we saw the clapboard jungle uh documentary uh kind of following justin mcconnell through his time before and during life changer mm. um it was a no-brainer for us to check that out yeah like it was it was fascinating like this was literally the one kind of when the lineup first came out where i was like oh okay like it's cool like he's a guy that we've been wanting to see more from in the last couple of years Mm. and then seeing that he'd kind of started this documentary which wasn't really focused on one particular movie it was just on his career and just trying Mm. to make independent films Mm -hmm. um and of course we we kind of know that he ended up making life changer but this kind of starts i think in around 2014 the documentary yeah um maybe even kind of, a bit sooner but yeah. yeah um and just kind of immediately drew us in and especially mm. you know the the overall documentary is just about making indie films it's not mm. necessarily about life changer um though it is a lot about justin which we'll get mm. into yeah um, but i think that um it was like uh, to me this was the one documentary and, and it was why it was the one documentary we actually saw over the weekend um because mm. it was this was up was this the one that was up against skull the mask it, it was, was which was a shame because mm. skull the mask did did interest me quite a bit like this was the one where i was like oh it sucks because we mm. nailed on wanting to see this documentary but that was a legit movie that uh, you know i wanted to see yeah for sure that is probably the i'd say the only one where it's like 
I yeah, do want to add that to our list yeah. and make sure we do check that out. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it was, it sounded great. It seemed like it got a pretty re- uh, positive reception as mm. well. Um, yeah. but yeah, moving it back to the film we actually did see, like the main reason for me as well was just like, we see so many indie films mm. for the podcast and we talk about it a lot, the whole, you know, budget restraints and this and that, but like, we're just talking about it from a fan perspective, like we always are. And I think to get a little bit of insight into what actually, you know, how do you actually get these movies made? You know, we yeah. talk about it a lot when, when you're outside of the big studio system and how like, it seems impossible mm-hmm. from the outside to get these movies made. Um, and I think that having now seen this documentary, that seemed like a pretty valid look on Pro- it. Proves it's impossible. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess that's kind of the setup, right? That's like the synopsis as well for this movie. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I thought that this this documentary was fantastic. Um, it was exactly what I wanted it to be in terms of this deep dive into indie filmmakers' life and just kind of um, real stripped back look at kind of the grind and the the kind of hustle and, and everything that you have to do to try and get these movies made and all, and how unglamorous it is mm. that that it's just like this slog and like the making of a movie like because uh, th- that was what was so fascinating about this that life changer just happened like there was such a grind and then suddenly he was on the set and he was filming life changer and that was literally like 20 days and then even all of the post stuff was just such a short part of his journey to actually mm. be able to make a feature film and it's like that's the stuff that you want to be doing and all of the other bs was just kind of you know um getting getting the the legs and getting getting kind of you know backers and all of this stuff and yeah i thought it was a truly fascinating documentary that i'm so glad that i saw and i feel like you know we now have a better insight into that world um obviously it goes into a lot about um justin as well and obviously um he was a guy that i thought was super charming when we when we kind of saw him at fright fest and he gave his interview and that um you know, now it goes into more of kind of his life and everything. You know, it was a really stripped back personal documentary as well. Um, I, I also thought it was really well made. I think um, it's kind of splattered in there are tons of interviews with kind of some big names. Um, mm. Kind of Del Toro is the biggest name yeah. that I can't believe he's in it a lot. Mm. Um you know, so he said some such fascinating stuff. Yeah, as well. and his stuff is truly fascinating. Um, but he gets kind of a lot of kind of you know independent filmmakers that you will have recognised the films that they have made if you watch the podcast, maybe or listen to the podcast. But um, you know, but then they have people like Tom Holland, uh, Sig Hade pops up. Um, you've got uh, Tom Savini popping up. Like you know, he had a lot of people give get Larry give Cohen as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't believe when Sick Head popped up. That was yeah. me. Mm. But yeah, so I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed this documentary for a lot. I think it, it, it kind of ticks a lot of different boxes. I think that for us, for the show, obviously the life changer stuff, um, it's such a brilliant like footnote to that movie because mm. Life Changer was just a random movie that we saw at Fight Fest and yeah. kind of drew us in just based upon that one, you know, synopsis that we see for all these movies, like we did for this weekend. And you kind of always just pick and choose from that, and it's always gonna be yeah. a complete lottery. Um, and as we've already seen, especially in part one, there were some movies that we really really didn't like yeah and and um and then you get these these movies that just kind of deliver out of nowhere and so that's great but then seeing the actual context of like here's this guy and here's how he got this movie made i thought was fascinating um 
Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I love that. I then think, yeah, it is a really good tool about indie filmmaking. I think he, it's interesting because Justin talked um, after the documentary about how like he's basically editing this into like a TV series, like an eight-part series, basically. I think it's additional to this. There's a TV yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's basically like it's two different entities where he's basically saying that he's pulling away the personal stuff because this this is this is Justin's journey, which we'll get into the documentary, and it's more yeah. just the talking heads and more as like a factual thing of like heads how to make indie films, and I think that's mm-hmm. a really interesting aspect. Definitely. But I, I I don't find that as interesting as what we saw. I would want to watch it. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. like i love that this was like an you know very personal journey for justin like Mm -hmm. warts and all i think it's it's really good to show that and i i think um it's just a really interesting documentary to see like has this one person struggle because i think when you start to get into here's how to make indie films like everyone's journey is going to be different and he talks about that obviously in the documentary where he says like when he first got into it he had the dream that it'd be like kevin smith you know he'd make a small indie movie it would blow up and then everyone would know his name and you know he's been working in the film industry for like a decade and that just never happened um and so i think it's fascinating to now see his journey and how he has got some success now with it with the movie under his belt um so yeah i just i really enjoyed it to loads of different levels i think the only kind of aspect of the movie that i didn't enjoy was that there was kind of this subtext that it was like here's how you um just you know if you just keep grinding you just keep grinding it'll happen and they never really explained a lot of the finances behind no, that. The, the spark that actually even got life changer off the ground mm. it was just like oh we've got the go for life changer yeah um, like they because he spent yeah. so much time going to festivals basically to try and meet like financiers and then kind of the movie yeah it really just like out of nowhere it's like boom we're doing life changer and so that was disappointing and then the other aspect of it is that like finance wise it's really unclear like how justin's able to do what he's doing um because he dedicates 24 7 to it this isn't like a lot of different documentaries you see like especially a lot of sports Mm. documentaries is a good example where someone's you know got their dream of making it to the olympics but they're also working a nine to five and they're trying to fit that in because they actually need to make a living whereas you don't see that with justin in this movie no one of the later films that we saw i think it was today the the directors did an interview afterwards and were saying like this was their first feature and they were Mm. having to like do it whilst working other jobs yeah it seems like um you know for whatever reason yeah he was in justin was in a position where that wasn't the case and he could focus fully on it and yeah that wasn't i'd imagine because it's not a you know it it won't be a very glamorous answer but Mm. um you know i think when you are kind of being a stripped back and trying to be kind of this is how it's done and then and then the most vital part of it is that how did he survive for four years without making anything exactly um, it wasn't fine. answered but, but yeah, yeah it's it's fine either way i just i just want to know mm. the answer as like mm. as someone who's committed the time to watch the documentary and, and is really enjoying it yeah i'm like there's a big piece to this puzzle that you're just keeping from the viewer and it's like if you are working let us know and if you're not working also let us know i, I would just mm. That was the only aspect of it. But I think for a lot of people, they probably won't necessarily care no. about that. Like the, the movie is about making indie films and that's what they focus on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I really think it's like fascinating. And I wonder if it will be one that is as fascinating to other people, because as I keep saying, it's so like, it's not personal to us, but it kind of is because we loved Life Changer. So well, we yeah, were and, and like we, we've been championing Life Changer for so long because it was like our first kind of hidden gem that we got out of a Fright Fest experience. Mm. So kind of like Life Changer is a special film to us and it clearly is to him. And then mm. he's made this project and it spoke to us as well. So, you know, it is fascinating. But 
yeah, I still think it's a great look at just indie filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, people will get that kind of mm. the buzz off it of just seeing all these popular faces mm. pop up where there yeah. there are like you say so many people that have really interesting parts to say and mm. i think i think yeah this movie is like a great length as well like it was just yeah. it always kept me interested i think for a documentary um bang in the middle of yeah we literally saw six horror movies either yeah. side of this movie yeah. um so it, it didn't have the best spot on a sunday you know the early slot on the sunday even yeah. justin himself said in kind of the intro and the outro like what like you know he basically got shafted being put against skull the mask yeah he didn't expect anyone to watch it um but i'm glad i did because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it mm, definitely me too um so yeah already a much better start for part two which is good <laughs> um but yeah moving on um to the next movie of the day which is two heads creek two um, heads creek so yeah this one uh, i should say for the last one as well so clapboard jungle it was a european premiere um mm -hmm. and of course it was a canadian production um two heads creek which was a uk premiere um is an aussie movie um and has already been picked up as part of the fright fest presents banner so the second mm -hmm. one i think that we've talked about um yeah. again so i think this one's out relatively soon um mm -hmm. but yeah what kind of what's this one about because i think this has got a really interesting take on it being like an aussie film yeah, so um, I can't think of the leads' names, um, but oh, man, uh, I can't remember either, man. <laughs> but uh, uh, bro brother and sister um, are kind of uh, just getting over the death of their adoptive mother, and um, they kind of decide to take an adventure to uh, the Australian outback in search of their biological mother, mm. uh, who resided in Two Heads Creek. Um, so they end up going there and it's this very kind of sleepy backwater town um, that uh, starts to kind of unravel that they are holding uh, a bit of a sinister um, story. And um, the twins kind of have gone there with like a tour guide, uh, a group of kind of uh, tourists. And it seems like, yeah, the... Uh, the villages is it, not what it seems and that the uh the villages are have got some more sinister um plans for these tourists mm. um but yeah this is a kind of um comedy horror um you know it's very tongue-in-cheek it's um the the kind of the opening of the movie was was very funny it opens mm. in um slough uh where um, the brother has got like this butchers that he's just taking charge of and kind of there's some very funny interactions at the start of this movie and it really sets the tone that, that you know what this movie is going to be um, it's a real mixture of the comedy and the horror yeah um, is Norman and Anna as the uh, brother and sister um, but uh, yeah I mean about this movie like, I think I, I love that it was kind of it starts in England and mm. then kind of moves away from that and it is this British couple that is or you know couple in the sense of two people um it, it goes to australia and um you know it has this mystery of they're trying to track down their mother whilst they're in just this the most fucked up place i think i've seen for a very long time um so i i love that as the setup mm. i think that i i really got massive hot fuzz vibes throughout this movie yeah. for me where it is kind of it's not ex exactly you know one for one but kind of just this this really weird place that just feels like forgotten from time and then you have your kind of lead characters just stumbling through it and it's discovering yeah 
yeah, just discovering like all of the mysteries of this world, you know, just being like, what is going to be the next ridiculous thing that I encounter? Mm. Um, because it, it just it goes from one place to the next. You're introduced from one character to another and they get more and more farcical and obscene as the movie goes on. Um, this is like an out and out comedy. Um, mm. And I think it was the most I laughed at a movie all weekend. Um, I, I thought this movie was absolutely awesome. Like this to me was like the biggest shock because... I think that um, it sounded like interesting enough, but I yeah. think always when it's like really, really comedy, you're either going to pretty much love it or hate it. Um, and, and I ended up loving this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, um, you know, I, I think the first half was extremely strong. I think yeah. the first half was very funny. All of the stuff in England, I thought was brilliant. The, the kind of, um, when they first arrive in the airport had me laughing. And when they first go to the town and you start to kind of see these characters and that all unravels and kind of after the, the first couple of nights, it then, it does kind of, it started to go a little bit long for me mm. and, and, and probably because it was then trying to get some uh, kind of plot in there and, and kind of, you know, a bit of action and kind of getting towards the end of it, the comedy did drop off a little bit and I missed it. Um, and so I do think it doesn't end as strong as what it started, but, but it was still a really good, good journey. And, and yeah, it was proper funny at times There there were just some really dry humor jokes that made me laugh out loud. Mm. And, um, you know, this and 12 hour shift for me were both two that just proper made me laugh. And I wasn't expecting to have this many laughs during Fright Fest. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, kind of two, um, you know, among the best that we've seen are the two that lean into the horror side of it. Um, you know, th this does some really funny stuff with kind of, um, you know, it is gory at times and it is kind mm. of, um, you know, that is also played for laughs. And that that's kind of very kind of like you say, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz ish. And, and I feel like this movie has to be heavily inspired by those two movies. And um, yeah, I, I think it was a decent Australian homage to that yeah like i i just loved it it was uh, it really was like a mashup of those two styles of humor mm. as well, where you got a lot of like the british focus but then a lot of the aussie stuff as well and i thought that mm. that amalgamation of the two just really worked for me um yeah. i i completely agree with what you said about this being too long as well like it's for a comedy in particular i want them to be very lean and mm. i think that even the good ones like this because i think this is a great one you just kind of get worn out like you get to like an hour in and you're like right i need this to wrap up in the next 10 of 15 minutes even 20 and this is 93 minutes long mm. so i do think this is like at least 10 or 15 minutes too long where yeah getting to that finale and you're finally getting to the kind of the resolution of the main story about these you know these two kids trying to find their mom once it gets mm. to that point i was like oh we've finally got here you know i just wish i'd have got to that point a little bit quicker yeah um, and they kind of just keep adding more layers to it that mm. i didn't necessarily need you know all i needed to know was okay, they've gone there to find their mum, what happened to the mum, you know, when they get there, the mum is not there. Um, and so, you know, I want to know that story. And, and they kind of really pack in a lot more than that. Um, but still, like, like I say, the final scene still had, had me with a smile on my face. Yeah, for um, sure. And, you know, I, I finish in a good mood. And yeah, for me, this was one that I didn't have a lot of um, thought about, really, you know, this was kind of a no brainer for us, because it was coming up against a documentary. Mm -hmm. um, 
it was a documentary that I was half interested in, but there was no way we were going to do two back to back. So yeah. this, this was kind of a no brainer. So I just kind of put it in the watch list and didn't think much about it and was, was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. This was a hundred percent a surprise for me how much mm. I enjoyed this. I think this is one that is kind of like a real shame that it didn't get that fright first crowd. Cause I think yeah. on like a, on like a Saturday night or whatever, wherever they would put this, like this mm. would tear the house down. I think yeah. people would be dying watching this movie. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend this one. Like I say, it's on the Fright Fest Presents banner. Some like they usually come out sooner rather than later. They don't seem to wait around too long for them, which is no. good. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely if you're if you're into your like horror comedy hybrids, this is one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I think um, you know, especially you know, if this lands on one of the streaming platforms, then definitely it's a no brainer. Um, but we just got to see how it gets out there. But. Um, yeah if like you said if you're a comedy horror fan then uh we've seen two good ones at this point yeah which is surprising um mm-hmm. but yeah moving on to the third movie of the day um which is hall um so this is a world premiere this one um world. there really hasn't been too many of them um <laughs> and i think the two we've had previously were not good um but, uh, yeah and another canadian production this one um this one's like a really fascinating movie like there's a surprising amount going on especially in the setup yeah. um what, what is this one about do you, do you want me to take it or do you want to go I for it no I, I got this i got this <laughs> um yeah we we basically, <laughs> yeah, we basically um, meet all of our characters turning up to this hotel. Um, and notably, we meet um, in a hotel hallway. Uh, we meet a Japanese runaway wife, Naomi, who's kind of heavily pregnant. Mm. And she kind of bumps into um, a character called Val, who is this, um, uh, her... Um, uh, daughter and husband are kind of with her and she we, we learn early on that she is in a toxic marriage and kind of her, her husband seems like he's uh violent and just not a nice guy and kind of val is trying to get away from that and kind of using this stay in a hotel to get away from her husband um but all of this kind of uh set up for all of these characters isn't what this movie's about in the horror sense um a um a virus, kind of an airborne virus, has been let out in um, the hotel and kind of um, all of the guests that are infected are spewing out into the hallways, uh, seemingly kind of slowly dying from this unknown disease. Mm. Uh, and so kind of our two kind of main characters, kind of Naomi and Val, are thrust into this situation whilst dealing with a hell of a lot of other shit they have going on in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Did it? Th- yeah this movie is like a such a weird one like i think that this one even like i said it when we watched blind and i think even more so about this one where like i was really intrigued early on again like i think that i love the setup especially this um dynamic between val and and her daughter and her husband like i loved all that stuff um her husband in particular is an absolute spitted image of a young keitha sutherland which is just wild a little bit terrifying yeah (laughs) yeah um i have to imagine that's probably the only reason why she's with him to be fair um Mm -hmm. but like so i i love that initial setup like there's a real sense of tension and unease i think that it's interesting now we've seen quite a few of these movies where there's certain elements that i think we have been lacking i guess for like a horror festival um Mm -hmm. 
you know, we've seen some good comedy and we've seen some well-made movies, but I think the overall violence has probably been missing a little bit. And then also mm-hmm. just the level of like unease and actual genuine tension that you'd want in a great horror movie. And yeah. I think this movie really did have that early on. Um, I was really felt uneased. I think yeah. that it is weird that they kind of, they keep jumping forward to this, to the hallway incident throughout the movie. Yeah. And that was like a major distraction to me. Like they, the, when they cut to it for like the third time, the scenes, those scenes were very slow and mm. they were very much the same thing. It was just kind of yeah. people in the hallways uh, slowly dying of the infection and it goes on for a long amount of time and kind of, yeah, I found it distracting and kind of, um, you know, uh, obviously it was the ticking time clock of that this mm. is going to happen at some point in the timeline that we're watching and kind of how is this going to affect Val and Naomi and, and, and kind of Val's husband and daughter and everything, but kind of it just it was distracting and it went on way too long yeah and it, it, in the end i mean e- even as i was watching it but having now seen the whole movie i don't i just don't think it served a good purpose where like mm. i don't even want to semi spoil it even though i'm sure they probably do in like the promotional stuff but like the we see one of our supposed lead characters really struggling and fighting for their life in this kind of like flash forward as it yeah. were and you're kind of like interested to be like well how does she get to that moment and there isn't like a reveal or anything you just then get to that moment and that's it and so like it doesn't it didn't add any tension to the movie because i already knew where that character was going to end up and then getting there wasn't interesting um so that was a major frustration i had as we start to get into where this movie really starts to fell apart um and yeah like without getting massively into it but like this movie felt like an age it was so slow like unbelievably slow i think Mm what worked in the first 15 or 20 minutes then became painful for the next hour. Um, Characters making really, really, really dumb choices. Um, You know, we're talking about horror movies here. And so I think we have a pretty high tolerance for dumb decisions and we just let Mm. it go. This was like unbelievable. Like one of the worst I've ever seen in terms of how, awful these decisions these characters were making and yeah the movie just felt like it was it really wanted to keep the vast majority of the movie contained to the hall because clearly that was the concept of the movie clearly that was the name, the name of, the, of movie. the movie bro yeah this felt like a short film in every way shape or form it felt like a 30 minute short that they had somehow had to drag out over a feature length and i'm kind of blown away that this was only 85 minutes because i think this felt like the longest movie we saw at the weekend Mm. um and and it's a shame because i love the initial setup i think it's terrifically acted um Mm. especially from that the, the family dynamic in particular the main three characters um i was super invested in that and then yeah the the movie just kind of like blind but even more so because i was even more invested just didn't go anywhere and everything looked fine on screen like some of the actual horror stuff looked decent um but the movie just didn't go anywhere did it <laughs> what did you think of it yeah i feel like it was a victim of being too ambitious mm. um because we do get introduced to kind of uh the person that releases this virus yeah, and like I'd I say that. we have naomi we have val and all of this you know, Val is trying to get away from this abusive husband and protect her daughter and all of this stuff. And and almost none of it has a satisfying conclusion. I think kind of, um, yeah, Val is one of the most frustrating characters I've seen in a long, long time in, in, a, in a horror movie when things start to go down. She just makes terrible decision after terrible decision to the point that it became laughable what she was yeah. doing. And it was super frustrating because just no human being, no mother would act like that. And I just I just didn't like it. Um, I think, 
Yeah, and, and ultimately, when the movie ended, I was like, I don't really see the point of what I've just seen. Mm. There were so many kind of unanswered questions, really, kind of, you know, all centred around the virus and why and what the whole scope of it was as well, because it seemed like it was uh, decimating some characters and some characters were just completely fine. And I'm just like, so did they not... Was it just like on one floor or did it, was it that like, you know, I kept saying to you, like, is there something like cabin fever style that's mm. like getting people infected? It seemed like random who got affected. Yeah, this was us it. trying to get, I guess, too much into the actual like lore of it and being like, right, what is actually going on when ultimately it was yeah. just irrelevant, wasn't it? Yeah, but I just think like if you don't have any rules for the, for the virus, like mm. I didn't know whether Val uh, or, or, you know, could touch someone and catch it you know go into the wrong hallway and catch it like you know does she need to be bitten is it zombie like do you know what the hell is this thing and kind of it really explains none of that you know some characters are infected some aren't and that's all we get and kind of so you know as the movie went on and we got into kind of the final acts of it like um you know spoiler free but like i just didn't i didn't know what characters were left whether they were just golden at this point because they're not going to get infected and they can just stroll out the hotel or, mm-hmm. or is there something that will infect them and do they need to avoid it? So I had no, I had no tension. I had no stake because I didn't know the rules of it. And so I think it's a massive problem. Mm. Um, like you say, I thought it was very well acted um, in you know the, the early part of it, you know, the, and like I said, you know, the whole dynamic with Val and her husband and her daughter was, um, really good initially and then it just she started they just started to get more and more silly as the movie went on not silly in a funny way just in a you know making dumb choices yeah which which really did get silly like that is Mm. a good way of describing it it just completely takes you out of the movie when they're making Mm. the most obscene decisions you've ever seen yeah and and so yeah this movie um it was it was one that i was a little bit kind of um excited for it was one that sounded quite interesting on premise and yeah when we were a little way into it i was then like okay this this could be good and yeah i was i was very disappointed by the end of it yeah i think it's like it can't be understated as well how much they just drag everything out mm. um i think i said to you after we watched this where they were like they probably shot like 90 minutes of footage and then like yeah. 89 minutes ended up in the final cut where yeah, it was definitely. like they just everything they shot had to end up in the movie yeah and they accidentally shot one scene twice so they were like okay well, yeah. that's, that's the only like thing well we did yeah the like, well, we did the whole bit like three or four times just to make sure we got it right so let's just put it in there three or four yeah. times and make it about the movie but like it, it really is worth noting because it's like i've never seen anything this egregious before in terms mm. of like you literally had 30 minutes of an of an idea of a story yeah. and and then like the first you know 25 and then the maybe the last five and yeah. my god was it's dragged there even to the point of like the title card at the end hangs for so long the credits are pretty <laughs> long for a short movie and then there's like this extended post credits oh thing that, god, just adds about that. It goes on yeah. for like three minutes <laughs> yeah and that only gets us to a runtime of 85 minutes yeah. as well. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. Like, it's they painfully drag it out to yeah. like they had to hit 85. I forgot about the post credit scene. That went mm. on for so long. It was outrageous. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why it's a shame because, like, this movie, mm. 
completely ruins its goodwill and mm. like i say just to kind of full circle it i do think it's like well directed it's just mm. it's hard to to kind of decipher that because you just see way too much and then yeah like the the characters early on were super interested like i think the most invested i was during a movie really just in terms of yeah character. and that family dynamic like mm. i was i was rooting for val until she became yeah exactly um, you just yeah. see so many bad decisions where you're like right i just can't stay on board with this movie anymore yeah. and yeah it's one of those examples where it just completely loses you throughout um mm. so i think yeah recommendations like you say it's difficult because i think this has a lot of positives and then a lot of negatives and i think that ultimately if it's like a premise that you're fascinated by you might enjoy it but i just think that it just drags for way too long if you could get like an edited like you say 30 minute version of this i'm sure it'd be enjoyable mm. but I, I can't possibly recommend the movie that i saw no i think i don't know what the director like where, where they're at whether it's a debut or whatever but like i think there is talent there and, mm. and it's a shame but yeah i i can't recommend this either because i just think it's um there, there's not enough there for it and and it just it dwindle the goodwill it earns in the first 20 minutes it loses by the end of the movie yeah completely um yeah but yeah moving on to the last movie of the sunday the sunday night special mm-hmm. um which was so this was one that we were really interested by it was probably one of the ones that probably intrigued us the most really um and it seemed like a lot of people were very hyped for this for fight first um was aqua slash um so this one kind of it's it's a uk premiere of the movie itself um Mm -hmm. which is a canadian production um but it was a world premiere of the director's cut which we got (laughs) um which Uh, you know the the cut everyone released the director's cut of aqua slash i saw all the the hashtags before this got announced well especially at a fright fest when you're already seeing a lot of movies you're probably going to see a lot of movies that are already too long in the tooth um so why not have an experimental movie when you're going to see a movie that's 92 minutes um so what's this one about oh christ so um yeah this movie is set in the wet valley water park um (laughs) where it is welcoming um a class of high school students celebrating their graduation um and having their graduation party at the wet valley water park which also has a shady motel on its premises as well (laughs) so you can kind of stay there for a a weekend of water slides drugs alcohol and partying by Mm. the by the looks of this film um and uh yeah kind of in the first uh i guess the opening scene we get to see like there was an accident at this park in the past and i already feel like i'm giving this film too much credit in the way of story (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, in the first 20 minutes, we then see kind of, yeah, just a ton of these teens partying and like I say, you know, just getting drunk and having a good time and going on water slides and lots of scantily clad women and kind of, um, yeah, that is the real vibe of this movie for the first 25 minutes with basically the odd person, the odd cutaway of this dark room with someone sharpening a knife. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, we slowly get to... um, see you know this murderer uh, going around uh killing people um and and in the end kind of basically this movie they have they have one idea uh for a very elaborate kill scene and mm. this whole movie is basically just one kill scene leading up to this one scene um which is hilarious and and like it, it's difficult for us to 
not go into it but we'll, we'll see um well, the thing is it, normally we wouldn't because it, i would consider it in the final third but it's it is literally it's on the poster the trailer the synopsis anything it is the one thing they're advertising about this movie yeah. is the one all, all this movie is is just one kill basically mm. or, or one sequence of kills um yeah uh and, and yeah it's all leading up to that moment and um yeah man like <laughs> this 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 was this was rough um i i didn't enjoy this i kind of all of the all of the preamble before we even got to like a killer just took way too long they were setting up like a million characters every one of them genuinely looked the same mm. which was which was just crazy like they we were getting so confused with who these people were well it's because um, you're in a water park as well so it's like every girl's in a bikini and then most of the guys are just wearing shorts so then it's it's literally just like and they all just look exactly the same yeah <laughs> yeah so it was just it was just impossible to differentiate people and it was just there was just so much going on like there was this whole story of this band and this guy that was trying to get this girl um who worked there and then we had like the owners and their battles and these third parties that would get involved and there was just so many things convoluting it none of it i cared about at any point and none of it actually mattered anyway like it all just kind of sucked it because it was all just to do with this one big kill and so it was just kind of like 60 minutes of filler then kind of 15 minutes of setup and then five or 10 minutes of this kill sequence. Mm. Um, and, you know, talking about the kill sequence, like I enjoyed it, like it was, yeah. but it, but it, it, by the time it got there, I was already angry. And then it did get me to the point that I was like, okay, this is, this is funny and it's over the top and zany. And like, you know, if this was just like a final destination kill sequence, I'd have had a great time. But the fact that I had to wait like 75 minutes of kind of, set up for it and it really was egregious how how they drew, drew it out um but but yeah you know if, if you want to watch this movie just for the kill sequence and if i'm rating it just on the kill sequence it was a pretty good kill sequence but if mm. you want me to talk about the whole movie the, the movie sucks <laughs> yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this movie is like a mess overall like it, it really is like an hour at least an hour of your most generic teen soap opera stuff you've like ever yeah. seen like if you've ever watched an episode of home and away it is literally like that where it's just oh these teen drama oh my god and then there's the couple who own it's it like and the Oaks at night, basically. yeah they're like oh they're both cheating on each other and then who oh someone's trying to get control of the park and then oh there's this seedy history and it's just it's all mm. complete bollocks and complete filler that no one gives a shit about and then mixed with that you then just have these generic like scenes which and, and this is where you kind of you get what they're going for because it's clearly tongue-in-cheek it's clearly mm -hmm. supposed to be yeah, yeah. ridiculous where it it's wasn't funny that was the no, problem it needed no. to be funny if they're gonna go for that well, it, again like i hate saying the same thing but like this would work again as like a short where it's like you here's your funny take the piss out of 80s horror films where it is like a vast majority of this movie is just like these teens running around in bikinis and messing around and splashing each other with water and all that crap and then you get like you even get like a slow motion scene where they're like um washing cars and so like you get what they're going for like it's obviously supposed to be absolutely ludicrous with how like um egregious it is um but it just gets so boring where you're like i don't know where the joke is at this point or whether this director just really wanted to fulfill this fantasy of making one of these ludicrous films um yeah. because there's plenty of them like there's plenty of these crap films back in the day i don't think we need <laughs> any more of them now um and so yeah and then it, it is laughable how much it builds to this one scene because 
it really was sold as like a murder mystery at a water park and that's absolutely not what this is it is literally built into this one sequence um which would be the opening scene in a final destination movie um whereas here you have to wait 70 minutes before you get to it and i agree with you like i think it's really well done i think it is silly and i think if i hadn't been so just like worn out with everyone by the time i got to it i would have enjoyed it even more because i think it was one of the best and most gory things we saw a weekend really mm. you know it kind of nailed what we want from these fright fest level movies like a puppet master yeah. where it's just this ludicrous level it's, of gore and violence it's, it's what i was yeah it was what i was hoping for in the way of kind of but the rest of the movie didn't have that it was just right. this one sequence exactly like i i saw someone's kind of like twitter review of this where it's like yeah it's like waiting for a ride for an hour and a half and then it's over in five minutes and, and that's literally yeah. what this is you're just sitting there going get to the slide scene and then they do it and then the movie ends and you're like that's kind of cool um and i feel like that's going to be everyone's take on this movie like this really isn't a nuanced movie it's not a deep movie i don't think it's hard to have this opinion of this movie no. where i think the general consensus is going to be like yeah there's this one cool scene and that would have been awesome and and so like if you can just seek that out if it, if this does come yeah. to like a shudder or something not to straight away get into our recommendations but like if it did come to like a shudder it's definitely worth checking out that one scene um but don't watch this entire movie god no <laughs> um because it's just absolutely not worth your time but yeah it was really this was like probably the biggest overall disappointment for me um, yeah i was pretty excited about this yeah like i thought this it would like be at cool. least I thought this would be at least good and the fact that it wasn't good and it was just like it felt like they sold us a lie big time with this mm. one um and as we said before this is a director's cut of this movie and i am fascinated to see how different a potential version of this is because i i could see it if it was my god i mean as i've said like i feel like there's about 20 minutes of this worth watching but even if they cut down like a lot i could see people at least coming away being a little bit more satisfied if they got to that stuff a bit quicker (laughs) but yeah i know like i'm sure i'm just being generous there yeah Um, because this is not a long movie you know with this being the director's cut it it still it still was not long what was it 90 something what was it 92 minutes on on um on fright fest app. i feel like uh, that's a lot for these though <laughs> yeah but i mean like what's i mean even if they cut like 12 15 minutes from it like well, that's not, i'm thinking more like 20 <laughs> yeah but not, it's not gonna be a certain i mean even then like yeah I just, yeah like i don't really have much more to say about this i think um as you said uh, you know for me a recommendation is don't watch this movie but yeah if it comes on a streaming platform why the hell not put it onto the 70, 75 minute mark, watch the five or 10 minute kill scene and Mm. and have a little giggle of how over the top and silly it was because that was super fun and silly. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, I I agree. Like I would only recommend you check out that one scene. The rest of it is just like, just watch a bunch of music videos basically because that's all it is. Um, But yeah, it's worth noting as well before we go on to our next movie. Um, we saw a short film. Um, we, did. we may or may not have seen it twice, <laughs> which we'll get to uh, afterwards because I want to just talk about the film itself first before yeah. how hilarious it was that we got to see it twice. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, before Hall initially, um, it was a movie called Day 14, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, as we've mentioned, we keep mentioning this a lot because as we talked about with Dark Place, how it felt like a collection of short films. We now got movies literally like um hall where it does feel like a short film that's just dragged out and of course there is the 
two short film showcases as well um yeah. so there's a lot of that stuff available for fright fest if you're into that stuff um but yeah as someone who doesn't watch a huge amount of short films because for me personally i, I think they're really and we got another insight into that actually with um mm. clapboard jungle where it very much is like oh okay directors and actors can kind of show off their chops and it's yeah. a really good thing to put on your highlight reel but for me as like a as a movie goer, I just don't find it that interesting because I'm really not going to be told a compelling story or anything like that, mostly in shorts. I think mm. they can happen, but for the most of the time, it's not worth it. Um, yeah. That's what I really enjoyed. Um, it was the kind of what we're seeing a lot right now, which is the whole set. It was like filmed entirely during lockdown. Um mm -hmm in the states this one um and yeah it's just basically what about these the two kids who are basically living uh, alone whilst like some sort of weird yeah. outbreak has happened. i mean it's effectively a twist on on what's going on right now that, yeah um, people are getting infected with this virus and they have 14 days to recover from it and if not it seems like they turn into some sort of zombie-like thing yeah, I like uh, that as a thing where it's like you can kind of just as long as you get rest and stay away from people so you can't affect them more there's like a chance yeah. that you can kind yeah. of come back from it but then past yeah. that point if you're still bad you're just never going to come back yeah which I thought was super cool and yeah it's these two uh, children who are living at home and their mum is basically locked up in the bedroom in her 14 day quarantine and it's mm. kind of yeah their journey and, and kind of you know in the end kind of what happens to the you know what happens to the mum at the end of those 14 days and, and yeah i thought it was a great show i i thought it was um very well made very engaging um you know we, we're saying short this is this does clock at over half an hour this yeah. is short um but yeah i think it's you know it's hilarious that we've spoken about kind of the last two movies hall and aquaslash that we thought would have probably been a good half an hour short mm. and they've made them into a feature and yeah 14 days if this wasn't if this was 70 80 minutes it would have dragged but yeah half an hour of this was, was very enjoyable and, and yeah i thought it was a great short and it was made by um by a family you know they were all members of the same family making this movie um mm. and, and yeah i i really thought it was great um and and yeah and, uh, glad we got to see it yeah, like I have no idea if and how people will be able to see this, but like no. I definitely think it's a thing that you should throw on and check out because, mm. yeah, like I thought there was just like a genuine heart and sweetness to it. And I think that does come from the fact that it is this family production um, because it just felt so real. And yeah, kind of the, the mix of all right, being shot in lockdown and just all of that stuff. And, and like I, I think in terms of the concept as well, like I really think it's strong. Like I mm. love that initial mm. idea of what we talked about and i do think you could extrapolate on that and obviously you have to add more characters twists and turns you know etc to get to a feature length but i definitely think the core of the idea is fascinating yeah. um and, and even having said that i still think this is an awesome short um and yeah i've not i've not seen a short movie this good in a very long time um no, so yeah, i definitely neither. want to kind of throw it out there because it's something that we saw so day 14 is the name of it um but yeah it's hilarious because yeah we saw this before hall um and then the next movie we saw the same day which was aqua slash also mm. had it before it and this um, movie is the late night movie aqua slash that yes the, the stream doesn't start until half past nine and mm. we got a, a over half an hour short that we'd already seen put in front of it um <laughs> yeah. so yeah i was extremely frustrated by that and like I don't want to talk about it too much because I think the short is so good mm -hmm. and it's a shame. But yeah, I could not believe that we were having to sit through the same 35 minutes uh, when I've just seen like four movies and I, I just want to get some sleep ready for the next day. And 
yeah, it, it boggled. It blew my mind that, that yeah, it was in front of two films that we saw. Yeah, it, it was absolutely like a mistake in the scheduling mm. because I think that, that, like you say, they have the short film showcases, but traditionally at Fright Fest anyway, um, just random movies do have shorts attached to them. Mm. And kind of they say that up front, like even on the screen of like, it'll be this short directed by this guy. Sometimes the director's even there who might intro mm. it. Um, and then you kind of then get to your scheduled film. Whereas mm. this year in none of the descriptions, it didn't say about any shorts or anything. Um, no. And I think we saw at least one, maybe two other shorts shorts for yeah, which were like yeah. instantly forgettable like very yeah. short things you know less than five minutes or whatever whereas yeah. because this is this is 34 minutes long mm-hmm. like it's bloody long man and so to have this like sprung on you twice like you say on the late night one mm-hmm. it is is so unfortunate and kind of yeah. like it did make me laugh at least seeing the reception like to, on social media because like, i think people were losing their minds at it um yeah, it yeah it, it, it's a shame but then yeah take that aside the, the short film is actually great mm-hmm. <laughs> so you should watch it um yeah. but yeah moving on to our final day now um mm-hmm. so yeah only three movies on the last day um yeah. and yeah kicking things off with a bit of enhanced um enhanced. which is kind of our first sci-fi focus movie of the weekend which is always nice to see um this was yep. the uk premiere once again and another canadian production so we did actually see quite canadian a few canadian productions yeah yeah yeah, and this good. is probably the longest movie, um, mm. clocking in at like 99 minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, not really a horror movie, more of a sci-fi movie. Um, we we kind of, the opening scene, we get introduced to George, um, who's part of this kind of secret task force, this secret government task force that's um, basically hunting down illegal mutants um, and kind of... Uh, these mutants have kind of, in the opening scene, unknown powers, but they are kind of super strong, uh, can run quick, and just kind of like all heightened abilities, basically. Um, and kind of when they, the, the mutants look like normal uh, people, but when they kind of need to activate their power, if you like, their eyes kind of glow uh, blue and kind of like they have a blue kind of aura around them that makes them stand out. Um and yeah, we kind of see George track down one of these mutant, mutants and then kind of um, when the film kind of opens up uh, after that, we uh, get introduced to Anna, who um, is one of these said mutants and kind of her um, trying to lead a normal life, but then ultimately being discovered and then kind of getting tangled up with David and um, ultimately going on the run kind of for her survival um, and kind of... Um, you know, to, to try and get away from all these people that are trying to track down these mutants. Um, we, we find out that not only are the government uh, trying to keep these mutants secret and kind of David's task force, uh, or George's, sorry, trying to keep them, um, get, get them locked up and put out of the way. We then kind of find out that there's also a um, uh, killer that is killing mutants and, and tracking them down and killing them. So, uh, yeah, Anna has got a lot to deal with. Hmm um yeah and this yeah this one for me um i was not excited about at all because i didn't really want to see a sci-fi movie um i wanted to just see horror movies um and i think this was going up against another podcast or something so again we, we didn't have much choice um but i ended up enjoying this one um i thought um you know for a uh I think low budget kind of an indie movies um, sci-fi has to be the hardest thing to pull off 
because mm. sci-fi is just known for having these crazy effects and and you know if you think of any sci-fi movie the image you have in your head right now is like a, a special effect that costs millions of dollars you know it, it just has to be so yeah, one of i think it will cost more than literally this entire movie <laughs> yeah yeah and so um but I, yeah i thought they did an incredible job of kind of giving us that sci-fi feel you know um but but obviously being on a very shoestring budget um i enjoyed the world that they kind of set up i think that they did a a pretty good job of setting up the rules um as well and you know you know i'm a stickler for setting up these rules uh <laughs> you know we knew what the mutants were we knew what the task force was we start to see kind of when things kind of crack and break i understood what why and um yeah i thought it was a super tight script super you know super well performed i think kind of anna our lead uh was really good i think kind of the supporting cast around her were pretty good um, obviously, like George is this generic kind of secret agent guy, but but mm. he was a very much a good generic secret agent guy. <laughs> um, he was very generic, um, and yeah, I, I I think I just figured out like when I was watching this movie, if if anything, kind of just uh, pretty much just starts to rip off things up from the Terminator. I will just love it uh, because <laughs> it does kind of become this cat and mouse Terminator like thing. Obviously, these mutants are super powered and going after each other at times and yeah it's it's uh it reminded me quite a bit of like you know kind of terminator one in in that sense and uh and yeah it, it you know i think kind of um obviously it has some weaknesses and kind of um i think the the very kind of last images that we saw were a tad frustrating because it, it wasn't like quite as smooth as i wanted it to be at the end but um i i overall enjoyed this one yeah way more than i expected to yeah i, I like this movie i think it's a good movie without being exceptional like i think mm. it was really fun sci-fi on a budget and i think as you discussed i think that's just so hard and these are the type of movies where I almost wonder like you must just have to have such a huge passion to even want to do it um yeah even pulling a little bit from the documentary we saw because like one of the projects that justin wanted to do seemed more sci-fi focused and that mm. was the one that had like needed to have the biggest budget and i think with stuff like this it's like clearly this i would love genuinely love to know like exactly how much this costs so we knew exactly yeah. what we we're talking with because it's clearly made on a smaller budget but it, it looks good like they do a good job mm -hmm. with it all um and yeah like i it, it's a hard movie to kind of criticize because i don't think any of it's bad i just think that it's like a deep decent level throughout that i enjoyed yeah um you know right getting into it more like i'd rather they'd done a bit more with the story because i think that you you get the setup which is literally just like x-men it's like <laughs> there are people in this world that have these powers and they're trying to live normal lives you know hidden and and so and we've seen that a million times at this point and mm -hmm. and this is just another good take on that and i think then when it gets into like who they are and where they come from they really i don't think do a good job no, of like they fleshing that. There a bit, don't they? yeah and and so that's where the movie kind of i'm like well why did you make this and like if you just wanted to make x-men without the x-men license that's fair enough and you made a good one like i would watch this i guess more than some of those goddamn x-men movies but i i think that it still didn't I wanted them to bring their cool take to it. I think even though it's not a one for one, but I think freaks is a perfect example where it has that cool sci-fi world and element of powers, but they, they, they kind of use that 
to tell a really personal story about a father and daughter and that immediately drew me in. And obviously it's not the same thing, but kind of like that was like their take on what if it was X-Men, but we just told this ridiculously personal story between this couple, um, you know, this family. Yeah. And so that's why I ended up loving that. Whereas this was much more of like a, what if they made X-Men, they just didn't have a hundred million dollars. And it was like, yeah, mm. it turns out still pretty enjoyable. Um, so I still, I still, I still liked it. I think, Another aspect of it is I wish this would have had a more compelling villain. Um, I don't think the villain was very interesting at all. I think actually think it was really generic. Um, and I think that would be the biggest thing of something like uh, like a Terminator, like you said, obviously not to compare it to that. But like you need to have someone who is equally as interest interesting as your protagonist if not more interesting and you want them to be the enigma well how do you solve this this person who's all powerful who has all these crazy interesting abilities and and powers um and i felt like the villain in this movie was just kind of like another one of them but e almost even more generic than actually a lot of the throwaway characters that we saw early on yeah um, one of the parts with it with the villain as well was it was almost described like they were the super superhuman um yeah. i mean they literally were called an alpha yeah. Um, and um yeah and so kind of when our characters ended up like you know the the, the characters that weren't just going to get destroyed by him our lead characters ended up kind of coming face to face with him it kind of felt weird because this whole movie we've just seen him wreck people mm. and then suddenly these random people can put up a fight against him and yeah it, it, there's never like this this spark as to why and kind of again you know not <laughs> Not to use Terminator as a direct example, but I think it is a good one, to, you know, because it is the ultimate, uh, in my view, of this sort of movie. They they make a really good case in Terminator to, you know, show, you know, yes, this guy is way more powerful, but our characters are just so good at, like, weaseling out of this situation and just getting the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. Whereas our characters in this movie don't do that. And, yeah, there is definitely weaknesses in the script. I think why I give this so much of a pass is because I just think, like, doing an indie sci-fi movie on a budget like this is so incredibly difficult and they tick so many boxes. I think like, um, this is just a great film to have on there. Like if, if one, of, you know, if, if the director, uh, wants to make a X-Men or, mm. or a kind of superhero movie or anything like you, you put this in front of someone and say, this is what I made with like nothing. Give me Hugh Jackman and a hundred million dollars and see what I can do do. Yeah. And and like, yeah, I'd I'd be well up for that. Yeah, I completely agree with that sentiment. This really is one of those movies of like it, it just turned out a lot better than it ever should have. Um mm. I, I think I still think that I, I really did enjoy it, even though mm. it does you know the limitations are there like i think at times when you're watching it it felt like a made for tv movie if that makes sense you know mm. it doesn't feel like a big movie and obviously that comes from the limitations but um yeah i, I think as far as recommendations go obviously we're talking about a sci-fi movie here not remotely a horror movie and i think that that kind of answers its question itself <laughs> um if you're a sci-fi person i i think this is cool i think it's better than uh actually it's definitely better than some big sci-fi movies i've seen yeah. that's for damn sure um and yeah it's not obviously like gonna hit a lot of those heights you're not gonna see these crazy spectacles in terms of special effects but what you are just gonna see is some like really cool grounded stuff that makes a bit more sense um because it you know even though it's like fairly it has that concept of them being mutants they're all still doing kind of basic stuff it's a lot of just like fighting and super yeah. strength they, it's yeah, not they anything like, like punch really hard and yeah it's, <laughs> jump so it's, it's not anything like mind-blowing you know they're not like crazy superheroes we're not like throwing skyscrapers at each other or anything like that yeah. it's still pretty grounded there's still a lot of fist fights um but yeah I, overall i still did have a lot of fun with this movie definitely 
Um, yeah, I, I'd recommend it if you're a sci-fi fan. I think, um, especially, yeah, if you are a sci-fi fan and you are kind of checking out smaller stuff, um, from what I've seen, like you said, it's better than some big stuff, let alone a lot of the smaller stuff I can imagine. I think this mm. is, you know, it it's as well made as it possibly could be. And so, yeah, if you're a sci-fi fan, it's worth checking out. Um, it's one of these that, yeah, if you, if you are just a hardcore horror fan that wants to watch the best of the best sci-fi, then, then maybe not. Um, but, but yeah, it's a solid flip. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, moving on to blinders. Um, so so this was another world premiere for this one. Um, Mm -hmm. from the States once again. Um, yeah, this, this one's like really interesting. (laughs) Like, like good luck trying to sell this movie without giving too much away because what I will say is that going into this one, we had extremely low expectations based upon the write up, um, Mm -hmm. that was given to us because I think that it's, honestly horrific in the, the actual write-up i think it does a piss poor job of explaining what this movie is actually about um yeah, so yeah I'm, gonna, but... I'm gonna slag off the write-up and then i'll probably do a worse job myself but, yes. but yeah i thought the same is that, um, <laughs> yes, bro. um is that yeah going into this there were you know it was up against another movie and we just really didn't like the vibe of the other movie either but i thought both write-ups for these two movies were terrible and mm. we just picked whichever one we almost picked a random really yeah um because, yeah, I really just did not uh, understand what the write-up was going on about. Um, but, yeah, in in this kind of movie, we meet kind of Andy, our lead character, who's just moved to L.A. from Texas, uh, uh, starting fresh after kind of like a messy breakup. And um, he kind of befriends two people very quickly when he um, uh, move, moves to L.A. He... Um, uh oh god what's oh sam he meets a lady called sam um in a bar and kind of um when they they effectively take an uber uh from the bar and uh the the uber driver roger um he also kind of runs into and becomes friends with and it's kind of um the movie is basically andy developing this relationship with sam and at the same time kind of this uh guy friendship with roger and roger becomes super clingy super fast and kind of uh andy wants to push him away and kind of the more he pushes in the way the more kind of roger becomes more creepy and over the top um i think that's it yeah i think i think it's <laughs> better than what we got in a write-up from from friends yeah for sure like i hope this isn't like spoilery but it's it's very much like the cable guy um it, but yeah. in 2020 and i think that's oh, what's so about the it. cable guy it's so the cable guy yeah like and, and that is so right for like a you know it doesn't need a remake because this movie now exists but that concept is was awesome back then but i think yeah. when you take into account now like you say there's uber drivers there's facebook there's twitter there's instagram there's all of this different stuff mm. that wasn't around and and like the internet and you know all of that different stuff tracking on on smartphones all of that stuff yeah we we all have a phone that has a camera that points to yeah. our face like all day pretty much or most of us do and and yeah i mean roger literally has a t-shirt on that says wi-fi guy at one point so i think <laughs> i think they know that they are kind of that was awesome yeah i mean do you want to give me your thoughts on this one yeah, like th- this was again a huge surprise for me. Where, like, say, didn't have any expectations going in. Um, it was yeah a poor write up. And then as soon as we got intro, like, introduced to this storyline and these characters, I was very much invested. I thought they were already great um, on screen. Like Andy was a great lead. Um, I-, I think that he 
was really an interesting one because he's kind of gone through this messy breakup and then he's been kind of like right need to restart my life where do we go i know let's go to los angeles and <laughs> he's kind of like been you know sold that fake dream that it's gonna like sort of his problems out um he's got his dog with him and uh yeah he's just kind of just going around and then and then immediately he just happens to find a, a new girl to talk to who seems great um and yeah and yeah and then he's got this new friend roger and, it, and it, it, i love the kind of initial setup of this because just it all just felt way too good to be true yeah. um and that's what i loved about it and like as a viewer it's one of those movies where you feel like you have um one up on andy uh, you know because you're like listen mate this ain't gonna go well like you think everything's going great you need to just get the hell out of there um and then slowly seeing that you know um unravel on screen i thought was absolutely awesome um Definitely. just loved all the lo- loved all the performances of the characters um shot really well had some like genuine like it's not a comedy but there's still funny moments and then also does still have good tension so it doesn't you know it doesn't give up the tension in favor of the comedy which i really appreciated um it has a lot of twists and turns um maybe a few too many towards the end but that didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie like coming out the other side of it i was kind of twisted all into a pretzel and i didn't really know how to feel but then kind of as i kind of then got away from the movie i was like yeah that was that was a blast like what a great film yeah, I feel like whoever wrote the synopsis wrote it the second the move, the end credits rolled when they watched <laughs> yeah. it, because because your mind is jumbled up. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does go places. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think, um, yeah, as you said, it it you know it starts straight away, it gets going straight away. You instantly have this one up on Andy because you can just see the dominoes where they're going to go um and and yeah yeah i i was completely along for the ride um it it has some yeah it has some real good moments of tension i think kind of you know some of the things roger kind of does is um really good i think kind of um i enjoyed pretty much all of the twists and turns along the way you know it does it does kind of go pretty pretty out there in places but i i i i you know I enjoyed it uh, because I just rolled with the bunches. And, yeah, I was having a good time throughout all of it. And, and when it ended, uh, I thought, you know, this is the sort of thing I want to see at a Fright Fest. It was just a super fun journey of a movie that I would never have picked up and watched otherwise. Mm. Um, so, yeah, th- th- this was a win for me. Yeah, th- and this was kind of what we wanted going into the festival this year yeah. of, like, there wasn't, um, when, you know, when the lineup first came, there wasn't any movies that we were like, right, that's the one. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. any that were, like, on a radar it was very much like oh let's learn about all these new movies and so yeah you kind of you take the good with the bad with a festival like this and this yeah. is definitely one of the few um that's like this movie's great it's obviously the fact that it is like a world premiere as well so mm. like i have no idea when people are gonna get to see this i don't i haven't actually had time yet to look up kind of like the director and if he's done other stuff um but this is a great great film that is definitely i want to like keep on people's radars for when they can actually why yeah, they see yeah. it um, because it was just a lot of fun, like I say, and I think the fun of it is those twists and turns. So we've we've done, I think, a good job of of hiding all of that stuff. Um, mm. Because yeah, the movie just goes some places with like all three of the characters that I just find really interesting. And yeah, just that 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 dynamic between Andy and Roger, even I can still picture their faces in my mind. Yeah. Now. That that's a good sign when you've seen thirteen that's, movies across a weekend, I and I can say, still remember these two characters. I, I had that, like, I you know, with the with the best movies that we've seen, I vividly remember all of the characters and their faces, and mm. kind of like some of the ones that we've talked about earlier. Like, I when I was talking about them, I, I literally couldn't picture the faces of, yeah. of the characters, and you know, 
there are shorts that I, we couldn't remember half the shorts in one of the fe- features, you know, because they just kind of, if you see 13 movies, it's got to be good enough to stick in your mind. And yeah, this one, yeah, I can remember all three of our lead characters vividly, which, which shows how good it was. So yeah, I think both highly recommend this one whenever it comes out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I think it's worth a watch. For sure. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to the final movie of the festival. Um, mm-hmm. Just like that, it was over. Um, and the last movie was Dark Stories, um, not to be confused with Dark Place. Oh, my God. Um, I was which, so confused. <laughs> but they're both anthologies. Um, exactly. I'm so, I was so confused. But let's just forget about Dark Place and talk about Dark Stories. Yes. Um, and, yeah, this was a UK premiere, um, mm. hailing from France, this one. Um, mm. So it's kind of a combination of English, but I think mostly French subtitles. Um, yeah. And yeah, this, like I say, this is an anthology and I think this one actually does have a pretty good description, um, which says, what if demons, the living dead, evil dolls, gin and other extraterrestrial creatures came to haunt our apartment, apartments, houses, cafes, museums and other places of daily life. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just the most batshit horror that you could possibly squeeze into an anthology. Definitely. Definitely. I think... um... Obviously, yeah, we spoke about the other anthology movie and how it was just so incoherent or incohesive, sorry, that the, the, the segments were just very, just literally splash card next one. Mm. This this is one of the best anthologies I think I've ever seen in terms of the wraparound and how mm-hmm. it leads into each story. Oh, the wraparound's um, so good. Yeah, the wraparound's fantastic, kind of, um, yeah, are uh, a kind of... Um, I can't think of the lady's name, but she she opens the door uh, to a delivery man who delivers delivers this kind of almost I mean almost life size kind of doll to her, <laughs> and uh, this doll basically instantly uh, comes to life and starts uh, wanting ties her up and wants to kind of torture her and then kill her child that's sleeping upstairs. So you know, pretty pretty gruesome stuff. Um, and in order to kind of uh, distract this. Uh, doll um for whatever reason uh our our kind of lady who's tied up um starts to tell him these uh dark stories and kind of each one of them gives her kind of given an opening paragraph and then kind of it then blends into the short film that we then get to see um Mm. which was just a which is a great idea for a wraparound uh you know i enjoyed that wraparound um and then kind of jumping into the the shorts themselves almost all of them were were very enjoyable for me um and uh in particular the first two i think the first two were were very strong there's kind of um what have we got there was one in an art gallery which was the first one wasn't it um which i thought was super strong really enjoyed it just very over the top very kind of um goosebumps creature of the week just just very silly but really enjoyable we had um a kind of uh zombie um kind of uh, a very interesting take on a zombie film I thought that was the third one but i could be wrong it might be the third one i thought the, we... i thought the uh, the jogger one was the second oh, okay one. yeah i couldn't quite remember i was just kind of i weren't really trying to do them in order but yeah um yeah, yeah kind of this jogger that's kind of um I guess stumbles across kind of a haunted park and kind of these ghosts in a park and then kind of yeah this interesting comedy take on a zombie um this kind of uh impending apocalypse with this kind of crazy person that's talking about alien invasions um 
what else did we have in this one? Was this the one with the sleep deprivation? Yeah, we had the gin. Yeah, yeah, this kind of lady that that um is getting this kind of uh sleep deprivation and and see the sleep paralysis and kind of seeing things in her sleep paralysis, which by the way is the most terrifying concept in all of horror movies yeah uh that that is a mindset and that that actually happens to people terrifies me because it's just whenever it's done like it doesn't matter how cheap it's done on on film like it's just terrifying um but yeah i i pretty much enjoyed you know a hell of a lot of these shorts i thought it was a really fun package put together um like i say some i liked a lot more than others i really liked the zombie one i thought it was hilarious um and i really like the art gallery one um but but yeah overall um a a really strong anthology movie for me yeah i absolutely love this movie so much this was exactly what i want from an anthology in every way Mm. shape or form um like you say the the wraparound is silly but just works so well um and does a great job of keeping you interested invested kind of coming in and out of each story um does such a good job of like oh we're back here again Mm. and now this is this funny bit and now we're on to the next one you know they never lingers too long and this was like almost my like dream live action Mm -hmm. you know version of a goosebumps episode yeah uh, or like just a movie version of it because it really did feel like that like coming out of it i i was like oh yeah it's like goosebumps and creep show and i was like well i guess creep show not as much because it doesn't have a huge focus on the kind of practical effects that i think you would need creep show oh. outside of the zombie one which was great yeah. um but it really did feel like goosebumps to me of, of like yeah. the level of horror and I yeah this felt like yeah this if this was like a go- how they do goosebumps it would be fantastic yeah how like how would you do just just like a slightly darker goosebumps but for like a cinematic mm. audience but i mm-hmm. absolutely loved it i thought four mm-hmm. out of the five segments were fantastic um yeah. yeah i did i did not like their the take on the, the kind of spooky ghosty one but yeah the, one. <laughs> yeah, the, the rest was so good like mm-hmm. every single one of them i thought was awesome like they start off with probably the best one which is the the kind of super mario 64 horror <laughs> art gallery um which i just love yeah. so much like i love the concept of these monsters coming out of these paintings in a museum taking children and then you kind of see them painted in the picture like yeah, love so cool. love love all that it looked amazing visually as well the kind of style they went with for the monster um, oh it worked with the budget like it works so yeah well. it was so cool um and then yeah the zombie one is kind of like the it, the last one is a bit comedy as well but like the zombie one is really comedy um mm-hmm. this kind of like zombie coming back to life and trying to live normally and i thought that worked great as well like uh, this one was probably a little bit too short i actually would have liked the zombie one to gone on a bit longer yeah um, but yeah, still super fun. Um, the the gin one, the the sleep paralysis one, was really scary. Um, yeah, def- like definitely the scariest out of all of them. And I think that I liked that it was where it was in the anthology as well. Like I think that's why. Again, I love this as an anthology. I thought they got like the order in perfectly Mm -hmm. because if you're going to have your worst one, I kind of want that to be second. Like you don't want to open with it, but you want to get out of the way. Um, And and to then get a horror, like the scariest one when you've you've just had a funny one to kind of like relax you, you then get the fun wraparound again. And then you're like, right, here's this like really creepy one, um, which genuinely was creepy. And then to kind of cap it off with this really silly guy who thinks he's the Messiah. um, Maybe that one was slightly slightly too long but like even then i'm being very picky because i still just thoroughly enjoyed all of them um 
Mm-hmm. I think I was reading a bit about this after the fact, and this was like a French TV show yeah. that had like episodes. And then they basically used one of the episodes to make the wraparound. And then they kind of like somehow edit it all together. And yeah, it, it's insane. Like, having seen this movie, I never would have guessed that because this, like you say, this feels so coherent and so like just like. It, it felt like it was supposed to be watched this way um and it's kind of blo- and like i think because that's why a lot of the segments are directed but i think the same director did like the first three and then someone else nice. did the second two or something along those lines um but yeah it just it felt right to me like i it kind mm. of blows me away that that's they've kind of repackaged and repurposed this and like oh now we've got a horror film because usually that sounds like a goddamn nightmare um but this somehow worked with this crazy wacky film um but yeah, this was like a movie that I didn't think I would like anywhere near this. You, you're thinking like it's the thirteenth movie, it's subtitled, mm. um, and it's an anthology. When we've just seen a bad one, I was like, oh my god! And then I think yeah. I really have to give all credit to that first segment of just how much it pulled. Yeah, me definitely, definitely, I think so. And it was just awesome, man. Like this was like such a good way to end the festival. And I think that it would, it it, it doesn't matter too much because obviously once you've seen all the movies, the movies are what they are, and the program and doesn't make that much. Oh, but it's of- nice to like we had a very strong final day, which is very nice. Oh yeah, that's awesome. But like, I I would have loved to at least one of these movies to maybe been the opening movie, you know? Because like, yeah. if it have opened True. with like dark stories, I feel like that would have really set me up, and I almost feel like the the weekend was working like against itself to to bring it yeah. back, and they absolutely did because we saw some great movies by the end of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, like as a recommendation, again, no idea how you're gonna get to see this one, but. <laughs> But for me, highly recommend this. Like, as long as you don't like, uh, you know, are um, subtitle phobic, like, watch this movie. It's awesome. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, like, if you can't see this movie, then you could even try to see the TV series because you yeah, I wonder if you can see it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was it was great, and yeah, it was it was a massive surprise to me, and and yeah, one of the best anthologies we've seen for mm. a very long time yeah absolutely. and we love an anthology movie so i'm i was we buzzed to see a good one yeah we're always trying to find them and then sometimes mm. that can be harder than uh it seems but um Definitely. yeah that was fright fest 2020 which is insane yeah, it was this there's all 13 movies i mean yeah like i want to go into some of our favorites again but like what would you say about the festival overall um obviously having now seen all the 13 movies and the fact that this was their first ever attempt at like a digital event it's yes yeah, difficult i think first of all like we said in our last episode the way that it was put out there was seamless the 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 kind of ordering of the tickets the streaming of the movies all worked perfectly so completely hats off to him for that i think um in terms of a fright fest um it's it's difficult it, it it had some of the worst well it had the worst movies we've ever seen at a fright fest at mm. this festival um and then it probably and then the highs didn't probably get to the highs of previous festivals but in the end we did actually see you know some decent movies um you know so i think kind of definitely day day 2 I think for me, I was in quite a bad place by the end of day two, mm. where we'd just kind of seen um, like Columbus, we enjoyed quite a bit, Playhouse, we really didn't like, Blind just didn't go anywhere, and then we just saw this terrible anthology movie. Yeah, it was not a good day. And, and uh, no, and I, I was really struggling to get the energy for for kind of day three and day four. Um, but but yeah, uh, overall, like. Um, <clears throat> 
surprised with the start we had that we actually got to see the quality we did. I think kind of um, it just shows that like there there are some real talented indie people out there. Um, but you know, as an experience for Fright Fest, this was missing obviously a lot of what we go there for. Mm. The, the whole kind of you know, I really miss just being at Leicester Square and kind of seeing all the kind of uh, you know camera set up for the interviews with people that are there kind of obviously catching up with people and uh you know just just all of that stuff that that you kind of is part of fright fest um that was massively lacking as part of this even when we were kind of getting on the social side of it 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 was very dead on social Mm. media really and kind of um at points it felt like it was only us two watching these movies (laughs) um so you know it it felt super isolating in a world that we're used to being isolated right now which was a disappointment but Mm. um you know i'm still glad they put it on um, and got something together um because because ultimately i i got to see some good films from it yeah i I agree like i had low expectations going in because when the lineup was announced there really wasn't any of those big Mm. movies or not even big movies but movies that were like you know really pulling me in and so it was a case of like oh here's some that sound interesting and then like you say there are multiple slots where it was two movies going up against each other and neither of them sounded remotely interesting um and Mm. and then the fact that some of those movies ended up being great was awesome um yeah I think uh, it's funny because, yeah, I do really agree with what you said in terms of the overall quality of, like, the highs this year weren't as high as they've previously been, mm. and the lows were way lower than they've normally yeah. been. So, like, it, it just it had such a, a wider breadth of quality that we saw this year. Um, <laughs> but it's but then coming out of it, we saw a lot of movies, and maybe that's why, because we've never seen 13 before. Mm. But, like, I saw five that I really enjoyed that well, I would, like, absolutely recommend. And then there was, mm. like, one maybe two more that i would also be in that bracket so that's still very good um and also judge it for 2020 as yeah. well like we've been in a rut with some of these movies that have oh, yeah. been awful and now we've seen five that we quite like so that's a really good point because yeah, yeah it's not like we're saying like oh yeah what, what about the last 10 movies we've seen in the cinema they've all been yeah. sick you know like, no filler, no filler. yeah like we're talking about you know so far the worst year we've had doing the show mm-hmm. by far in terms of the quality of movies um so i absolutely absolutely think that yeah that is a very good context to bring into this um and then i'm with you really that you you do just miss that experience i think another element of it that is missing is just like we love seeing movies on the big screen and there is these are movies here that you will never see on the big screen ever um and we've got to see some of those you know in in previous years like there's such a small amount of people that will ever get to see these movies on a big screen and you know movies like what we just spoke about dark stories like we just randomly saw that together at home and yeah like if that ever came out on demand that was how we would see it and i would have loved to have seen that movie in, in the prince charles on the big screen like that would have been such a cool experience and i really would have cherished it like when we saw freaks and life changes there mm. um because i just think that adds to my enjoyment of the movie um but yeah overall like coming out of it was like surprisingly surprised you know with how decent a lot surprisingly of the surprised. <laughs> i also just um mr prince charles because yeah. we don't go to like an old school theater that often no. um and like that place is just amazing and mm. fright fest is the only time we get to go there and so yeah i miss the prince charles yeah 100 percent. like they've just i think they've just now or are beginning to reopen again and already seeing like oh they're showing host and like other stuff on the big screen it's just like it's so cool like, I, I would really wish that we lived closer so we could just go there all the time because it is such an awesome cinema mm. um but yeah i guess kind of in closing like 
could you pick three favorites um i i kind of feel like i might have to pick four <laughs> um yeah so i think i can go first if you need some time go on then i'm gonna have a think i think so it's really difficult i was trying to think what was my fourth one now i've actually forgot um oh, oh yeah so i think blinders would be my fourth which was awesome right um again these are like barely numbered because i really like all four of these movies equally but i'd say blinders i would then say two heads creek um i would probably go 12 hour shift at number two and then i'd probably say dark stories number one um but all, all four of those i think are absolutely excellent and then obviously i think like the columnist is decent as well but like those yeah. in particular i think and i mean cool. it's difficult like i didn't really count clapboard jungle as a yeah. film uh but like as an experience it's got to be up there as well yeah i think i think yeah for me um i think my favorite might have been 12 hour shift um yeah I think it's hard to know because it just saved me. Like I yeah. love that film because it saved my soul because <laughs> I was in such a bad place after the first movie. I'd almost written Fright Fest off and then we yeah. saw this. And so, yeah, for me, 12 hour shift, I think then dark stories. And then for me, blinders. Yeah. Uh, and awesome. number three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like overall, just, just happy that, you know, we, we got to see, uh, in a year that has been extremely barren for us, mm. you know, to see 13 films in the space of three days and to see, you know, five or six that were pretty good was, was mm. real pleasant surprise. Yeah, 100%. Like, we would have taken that over the last three or four months of doing this podcast, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for our Fright Fest coverage this year. Um, mm-hmm. At the start of the show, obviously in a couple of weeks will be the lineup for the October event. So we'll obviously discuss that in the news. Um, and yeah, back to our regular schedule soon um, because we've got a load of news to talk about. Uh, we need to talk about finishing off Nosferatu season two. And of course, there is some big cinema releases um, that we need to watch, don't we? Um, Indeed, so- we do pretty exciting like apparently new mutants is like a movie that people have actually seen at this point which i still believe um (laughs) but uh yeah that was episode 212 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone